Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. I'm your host, Laurie Hill, and I'm filling in for Jim Brangenberg, who is on a well-deserved vacation today. Now, we're going to be talking with Donna Clute from New Life Solutions. Hi, Donna. Hi, Laurie. Thanks for having me today. Glad to have you. And we're also welcoming Dr. Pat Clark of the Pat Clark International Ministries. Hello. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. She said this is her second home. She's here quite a bit. She has her own show here on WTIS 1110 AM on Sunday mornings. And what time does that air at? That's at 1030 Fantastic. Yeah, because she just told me she's preaching at that time. So now she's preaching on the radio at the same time. She's managed to duplicate herself. That's what I need to do. I need to find a few more uh, lorries to take care of some of my work. (laughs) But today I want to welcome you both because we're going to be talking about the business of prayer. And um, I really would like to, uh, the reason why I, I invited both of you is because you both have impacted my life in a way that you've talked about how prayer has impacted your life. But before we get started with that, I'd like to see if uh, either one of you would like to say hi to anybody today. Donna, would you like to say hi to anybody? Hi to all my friends and family. <laughs> There's that. How about you, Pat? Hi to all, my, to my husband and uh-huh. my children and all my congregation at go. Faith Connection International Church. All right. Fantastic. Now, does anybody listen down in Jamaica? No. No? <laughs> you know it can be, they can listen on the web. It's all good. Yeah. 
So, ladies, the reason I ask you to share is, like I said, you know, you all have just really shown a depth of uh, understanding of prayer. And I think people really struggle with that in their personal and uh, life, much less their professional life. So I'd like to know um, personally what brought you to a place where prayer actually became your life, because I see that in both of you. So who'd like to start? Oh, uh, Donna's pointing at Pat. So go ahead, Pat. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay, well, I had a lot of godly women in my life when I first came to know the Lord. And so they taught me that prayer is my connection to God, Mm -hmm. that I've got to stay plugged in. If you're working with equipment and you keep plugging it out and plug it back in, sometimes it's not connected. So mm. prayer is my actual lifeline. Yeah, I didn't come to this place because I had a crisis. I learned early in my life that this is my connection. This is how I'm going to stay focused. This is how I'm going to keep my relationship with the Lord. This is how I'm going to make sure my life is not upside down. Because you can still be a Christian and have your life upside down, way out of balance, because you're not connected. You know, something that you just said, that connection, that lifeline, it makes me think of when a a baby is born and they still have that umbilical cord connected to the mother and then it's cut. And all of a sudden, we're independent. Yes. Right? And we talk about how children still seem to have, I know my daughter still seems to have this connection with God, this lifeline that just goes still up to heaven. But we become independent. We cut that lifeline. Mm -hmm. And so you're Mm -hmm. right. We need to find that connector. I just love that you said that. And the other Mm -hmm. thing that I caught on what you were saying is focus. And we're Mm going to talk about more about that today because I believe that prayer needs to be intentional and an intentional focus. And so we're going to talk more about that, especially in our businesses. So thanks for sharing that, Now you're up, Donna. Um, In 2001, um, even though I had been a Christian for a long time, the Lord brought me to a place of understanding that it was time to kick up our relationship Mm. and um, put me under some wonderful teaching of Dean Troon. Mm -hmm. Um, I put me on staff with him. And he really emphasized the uh, spiritual disciplines and the importance of those so that we're growing in that relationship because we don't have control over any other thing in our life other than what that relationship with God looks like. Mm. And so prayer became one of those muscles that was being built in that as I learned how to be in relationship with the Lord, not just um, knowing who he is, not just being a Christian, but really being in an intimate, um, growing relationship with with God the Father, Jesus, and allowing the Holy Spirit to use me more because of relationship. Yeah, you know, it was interesting. Uh, what you're saying, too, is it's a growth experience. And a lot of people, I believe, they struggle with prayer because they think it's supposed to come naturally. Mm-hmm. And from what both of you are saying is it's true. It is something we have to learn and grow. It is a learning experience. And I think that's why, too, that Jesus taught the disciples how to pray, mm-hmm. right? The Lord's Prayer. Yeah. And they taught him how to pray to give them some type of uh, outline basically, but a maturity. It is a maturity. And we're maturing, hopefully, if we're doing what we should be doing as followers of Christ. We're trying to mature daily in what we're doing. And Dean Troon, love Dean Troon. He taught me a ton of stuff, too. What a fortunate experience for you to be able to uh, work under him. That's a fantastic thing. So, um, ladies, we want to take what you know. We're going to scour your little brains here that are so full of information. And we want to take what you know, and we want to turn it towards the business of prayer. 
So, you know, prayer and business, like I said, people really struggle with what it is that they, how to even, the idea, let's just say the idea of prayer, how to even pray personally and whether they're worthy enough or how to talk to God when you can't see this entity, you know, but then to apply it to their business. I mean, that's, you know, this is why the I Work For Him show exists. And uh, and also the Christian Chamber of Commerce, which I am the CEO of, is to help people to understand that everything we do personally and professionally needs to be lived out as a follower of Christ. And so prayer is one of those big ones that I think is getting left out. Do you not agree? Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. So what I'd like to talk about is um, I'd like to talk about um, how do you see people being able to include prayer in their workday on a daily basis? I, I think that just goes right back to what Scripture tells us. Okay. Several times in the New Testament, we're implored to pray without ceasing, mm-hmm. pray continually, mm-hmm. um, pray with thanks and uh, supplication, and, and just to not stop. And it's a constant, constant um, opportunity to be taking what you're seeing and delivering it to the Lord, taking what you're hearing, delivering it to the Lord, and to be an encouragement. Um, people are encouraged when you're praying with them and for them. That's that's a great concept, and that's true. That's exactly what it is. It's that pray without ceasing. And so does that mean that it's just pray without ceasing personally? No, it's pray without ceasing throughout the entire day, workplace too. And Pat, you In have other some words, it's, it's getting into an attitude and a mode of prayer mm. that that. It's again. It's it's constant. Mm-hmm. Your mind is there. For example, for me, if I lose something, if I can't find something, the first thing I do is pray. That's <laughs> the very first thing I do is pray. But one thing I, I have found is that people are apprehensive mm-hmm. for the reason that you said earlier. They feel like they can't do it. Mm-hmm. They feel like they haven't been trained enough. Mm-hmm. They're not capable. They're not going to do it right. God is this big person yeah. way out there. And He's if a I big CEO. Yeah. <laughs> and if I don't do it right, something is going to go be wrong. I can't do it. Right. I'm apprehensive. And, and so one thing I learned from one of my early mentors, she's still alive, Dr. Norma Neal Gauze. She was one of my early mentors when I came to this country. And I learned something from her that has totally changed my life, changed my attitude towards prayer, changed the way I pray. Mm. I would be with her and somebody would say, well, um, could you pray for me about this? And what she would do is take them by the hand and do it exactly. right then. Yeah, exactly. That's right really then. important. And we're gonna, yeah, yes. we're going to discuss more about that because it's, again, that intentionality. We definitely uh-huh. need to do that. So, ladies, we were talking about communicating with God personally and professionally. And I'd like to talk about the reasons we should be in constant prayer at work. Um, I, I believe that there's, you know, three reasons why we really need to be in. You bring up more, then we can go with it, okay? You ready? Okay, so I I believe personally that prayer honors God. How do you all feel about that? I think the bold prayers honor God. Bold prayers, I like that. um, You know, when we pray small, when we pray for something that's within our grasp, it doesn't honor God. When Mm. we we pray bold prayers, um, 
things that are beyond what we can even begin to grasp, that's when God's power is released. And that's when we, when our faith is best demonstrated. So bold prayers, I think, really honor God. Yeah, things that maybe we could think we could never do. And Pat, you were saying earlier before we went to the commercial break that, um, that you know, so praying with somebody immediately, but you were saying prior to that was that uh, some people see him as so big that they can't communicate with him. Mm-hmm. It's like the big guy at the top, right? You know, at the big business buildings. Oh, I can't go upstairs. That's the private executive suite, right? Mm -hmm. So how am I going to talk to the big guy? So, you know, how can it honor God if he's the big guy? And he's so far away. Yeah. I I can't reach him. He's he's untouchable. Yeah. But when we look at the example of our Lord Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. he came to reveal God to us that, uh, to say this uh, reverently, that God brings himself to our level Mm -hmm. that no matter where you are who you are God will listen to you Mm. he wants to listen to you as it says in John 15 5 I am the vine you are the branches he that abides in me and this is one thing I have found one of the way that I abide in Mm. God is in my prayer life yeah I am connected because that scripture goes on to say Without me, God saying, Jesus speaking, without me, you can do nothing. Mm -hmm. So as the vine sustains the branch, and if the branch disconnects from the vine, it dies. Yeah, it's absolutely. And that's how we get to know who he is. You know, exactly. Understand him. Yes, Donna. In in dwelling with him, you know, Mm -hmm. dwelling in his word. Biting, Uh like you said. And, you know, when you're dwelling with him in his word, you're hearing what he's speaking and you're you're learning how to be in that prayer relationship, that communication relationship part of it. And so very much abiding in in him, being a part of that. And I think another way to honor him, too, is, um, you know, um, saying who he is. You know, we need to recognize who God is. Yeah, he might be the big CEO on top, right? But we need to recognize his character, his qualities, um, his names. I mean, you know, I had taught a Sunday school class some time ago, and they handed me this book of all the names of God, and I thought, oh, my goodness. You know, this is going to be the most boring class. These fifth graders are going to, like, bail on me. Uh, But I opened it up, and I started reading through it and each of the names of God and how it described who he was and where it came from and with the word that was used for him. And, oh, my goodness how revealing that was for me and to be able to pray even those um hebrew names you know of god just felt so i felt so connected to him you know using those names showing adoration i mean being able to say things to god like because you know so much about right acknowledging his knowledge that's right right? because uh, of your compassion regarding this situation Mm -hmm. i mean we're showing who god is absolutely we're honoring him exactly prayer honors god honors god it it does and you know and i and god calls us to be in prayer with him you know throughout the new testament and old testament you know he's saying come to me yeah and we come to him and we we, he wants that conversation with us yeah and i want to just read first corinthians 10 31 which says whether so with that can't even talk so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do it all to the glory of god that's right and i think that that just really states that um let's move on to um prayer teaches us what do you think about that i i think it can really show our true motives our true motives of what we're reaching for, especially in our business. Many people tend to go to Christ um, or God, you know, uh, the same being, but they seem to go to him when they're needy. 
That's right. Only when I need direction versus me needing that relationship. That's right. Right? So how do you think prayer teaches us? Um, I, I think it goes back to Psalms 37.4 where he says, delight yourself in the Lord and I will give you the desires of your heart. Mm. And the desires of our heart come out of that relationship. Going back to that again, it comes out of there understanding that he's going to teach us how to listen to him. Yeah. When we pray, he's going to teach us um, what questions to, to ask as we but pray. But how can he do that when he we can't even see him? And how do we even hear him teach us? Well, you, you start in the Word. You start in the Word. You start praying out the Word. Um, don't mean to monopolize that, Pat. You know, yes. But you, you start in the Word. Yes. You, you can't expect to understand how he speaks and what he says if you don't know his language. And he's given us the Bible to teach us his language and to teach us his words. And... and uh, he and his word are are the same. Mm-hmm. They're one and the same. And is it really about obedience? You know, about a, a we can see the answer to prayer, whether it's yes, no, or not right now. Mm-hmm. You know, or maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. My kids hate maybe. They said basically you're saying no. <laughs> <laughs> not now. Not now. I'm not, not going to give you a car <laughs> at age seven. <laughs> I'm sitting here today with Donna Clute of New Life Solutions and Dr. Pat Clark of Pat Clark International Ministries. Um, we were talking about the three things that I kind of came up with of, you know, how prayer works for us personally and professionally. We talked about prayer honoring God and prayer teaching us. The I wanted to wrap up teaching us, and I wanted to give this verse, Psalms 119.30, which says, I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. We don't like rules very much. <laughs> we don't really like being disciplined or taught because usually we have to go through something for that. Is that not correct? Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. And so that's where the obedience is. But, you know, Pat, earlier I was talking about focus, you know, and I think that if um, – if we're if what prayer is teaching us is discipline and what God's done for us, and then we're, we're going to be able to focus on other people, not on our disobedience or our mistakes, and we're going to be able to move on. We're going to be able to be obedient after that. It's just like a child, like you're saying. Right. We learn. Yeah. We learn. That doesn't. Okay, that stove is hot. <laughs> we're not going to touch that again. So we start following instructions. So I think that's, and I really believe that that happens during that prayer time because we can also see the results of it. That's and sometimes right. it takes time. It yeah. takes time. And we don't see, and we pray and pray and pray. I had a friend years ago, a neighbor who um, lived across the street from us. And every day she'd come over and talk about how she'd be praying for her husband, Tom. And and uh, 15 years, that woman was on her knees praying for her husband to come to the Lord. And every Sunday, she'd take those kids and go to church. And one day, she'd come running across the street. I seriously thought their house was on fire. And she was grinning from you know ear to ear. And she said, Laurie, Tom came to church this morning. He got up and got dressed and came with us. And two weeks later, she came running back over. And she said, Tom was baptized today. Wow. 15 years, she yeah. prayed. Yep. You know? And she was obedient. And, and what was I saying? That she, um, she was faithful. She chose the way of faithfulness. And I see prayer as that. You know, we might not want to do it. We might not feel comfortable, but we're faithful. Yes. We're faithful to it. So let's move into prayer changes things. That kind of segued right into that, didn't Yeah, yes. I did that on purpose. No, I didn't. <laughs> I, I just came there. Um, but we want to see things from our own perspective, don't we? Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. And uh, we have kind of some selfish wants, but what's so awesome is that God is not limited. He is not. Uh, you know, I, I want to jump in yes, here. Yes, please do. Because where it talks about us 
sometimes wanting our own way, mm-hmm. the way we want it. And um, you may not even be very much aware of that because I have a, a current example. Oh, give it to us. You know, I um, someone agreed a year ago to be a speaker at my conference. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. And at the last second, not quite, it's a little more than a month. (laughs) Feels like it, you know. But something came up that he has to be in Europe on the 25th. And there's no way you can get back from Europe to the U.S. and do a conference the next day. And, And so... All along, you know, we're all hyped that he's coming and and everything like that. But God had another plan. Yes. God had another plan. And when I got that news, you know, those quick SOS prayers where you know God (laughs) and you know know he's listening. Mm -hmm. And and as I threw up that prayer world quickly, I got this real sense of him saying to me, you just sit on the edge of your seat and see what I'm going to do about this. <laughs> Here comes the ride. Yeah. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and yeah. I love looking at th- times like that where it seems like God put a placeholder in. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so we're praying about something yes. and he gives us something that we think is it. And mm-hmm. it's like this prayer, this placeholder. Yeah. And then when it seems like everything falls apart, then the person that he really wants there or the event he really wants to happen comes and fills that thing. Yes. And it's better than what could have been in the Absolutely. first place. Yes. Absolutely. And, and so, you know. That was a placeholder. Yes. And the awesome part is when you're able, I mean, you need to be mature enough to be able to sit back and see that happen. You see, instead of saying, uh, you're still saying, I want my own way. I want my own way to happen. I had planned. I had set in order. But to see what actually happens is so incredibly humbling. Yes. And amazing. And way more than we could see. Way more than we could see. Yeah. Yes. yeah. yeah, and that's, ahead, when, that's when we have to let go and just let God, as uh-huh. the expression yes. goes, because if we're holding on too tightly, um, we're never going to have the ride that we want to have. And, right. and in our life, we're meant for adventure. God created us for adventure. Yeah. And so it's part of that. But I contend that mm-hmm. it's not the things that God changes mm-hmm. as much as it's us that mm-hmm. he changes in prayer. Mm-hmm. God changes Very much us. So. Yes. He changes us. And it's through his sovereignty, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, really that he's everything. Exactly. It's the best way to say exactly. it. You know, all-knowing, all-powerful, all-all-all. He's everything. Mm-hmm. It's his sovereignty that changes things. And I agree with you, Donna. Yeah. And that change is acceptable, right. right? It becomes acceptable to us because we can see what God did is far more than what we realize we can do. Right. And I have have a quick illustration from the workplace on that. Um, I had worked in an advertising agency Mm -hmm. and um, I had been praying for my boss and praying for my boss and praying for my boss. He was a believer, but some of his actions just really made it difficult to work for him. Mm -hmm. And, And I kept praying, God change him. God changing. <laughs> and um, he finally convicted me, quit praying that prayer. Yeah. And I started praying, God changed my attitude towards yeah. his boss. And um, I prayed that for just a few months. And God changed his attitude. And he came before me very humbly and confessed of the things that I was praying that he would change in his life. And it, God created a change. Right. Because I quit focusing on him and started mm-hmm. focusing on what I had control of, which was surrendering my perspective to God's perspective so that I could could love him the way that God loves him. And you know that's a great um, a great story that you told because I can guarantee you a lot of people that will be listening to this show are thinking that's their biggest challenge is that somebody that is their superior 
does not um, work well with them, whatever that situation is. And so we're always going to be praying, change them. Yeah. Always. I mean, you think about that in personal and professional, a potential uh, marriage conflict, change them, right? The neighbor is a problem, change them. You know, at work, a coworker, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not the problem here. Right. Well, yeah. that's the thing. I think that's great. You know, talking about the, the place of business, talking about you know, you should be praying over everything. You, you should be praying over your to-do list first thing in the morning mm-hmm. and your coworkers and your boss. Mm-hmm. And even especially those, what are we supposed to be praying for? Our enemies. And it doesn't mean that they're necessarily our enemies, but they could feel like they're our enemies, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it brings harmony to the workplace when you're praying for the people, especially people you have conflict with. When you're praying for them and lifting them up, um, and not not in the attitude of change them, but Lord, um, let their life go well. Lord, uh, bring them to to know who you are. Lord, um, help them with the crisis that they're having with their family. And, mm-hmm. and you're you're attending to their needs through prayer and allowing God to ha- just have His way. And that's that's when things really change. And and um, it, one of my favorite books is Red Moon Rising. Um, it's about the 24-7 prayer movement. Peter Grigg and uh, David Robertson wrote the book. And it says in there that until we allow the things that break the heart of God to break our own heart, mm. we'll never be effective intercessors. Mm-hmm. And I think that applies in our workplace. When we don't look at the people around us through God's eyes, we we create conflict. Mm-hmm. But when we start praying for them through God's love and God's perspective of them, things change. Yeah, that's definitely true. What about that that is so amazing yeah. that you'd say it that is. because I preached something similar yesterday. Because for the past three weeks, the Lord has been dealing with me about rediscovering Jesus, uh-huh. not taking Him for granted. Uh-huh. You know, when you get oh, to sure. know somebody so well, easy in ministry too. Absolutely, yes. yes. So I've been talking about that that intimacy where you begin to like with your husband, you begin to finish his sentences. <laughs> Yeah, which we did all weekend on our 23rd wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Even the intonations in your voice yes. begin to sound like theirs. And I was saying... <laughs> and you start to look alike, which is not exactly. pretty. <laughs> and that's what Jesus wants for us. And that happens in prayer. Mm. And then you begin to love what he loves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. begin to dislike what he dislikes. Mm. And you begin the to... The evil. And, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And that was and start my to look challenge. Like Jesus. Start to look like Jesus. Yeah. That the enemy gets confused. He doesn't know whether it's ah. you or Jesus. Oh, ooh, I like that. You just yeah. gave me chill bumps. Yeah. Yes. And it goes right back to the, the verse in Psalm that we just spoke about. Uh, mm-hmm. Delight yes. yourself in the Lord. That's yes. right. He'll give you the desires of your heart. When we're delighting ourselves in him like we do our husbands, um, you know, we are gaining that perspective. Mm-hmm. Yes. And absolutely. our desires become the one that he places there. Exactly. And that's why he's going to grant it because it came from him. Yes. Exactly. exactly. You know, it's just it, it's it's incredible that um that no prayer is wrong you know i mean i just think about what you're talking about and, and a lot of people say well i just can't pray correctly you know it, it, prayer is wrong and i can't do it right and i can't connect with god and, and it's about the heart Donna. it's like what you're talking about that relationship and, and wanting to get to mo- know him and look like him we have been discussing a lot of different components about prayer and i think that people are really going to learn some things today i know i have already you both have said some really amazing stuff i want to talk about intense Intentional prayer versus directive prayer, and and really, um, really want to talk about how that is uh, four things to me. Intentional, it is focused, disciplined, purposeful, and deliberate. 
So what do you you two ladies feel about that, about how those four things can work into intentional prayer? Go ahead, Pat. Okay. Um, you know, with me, intentional prayer is just one of those keys that we need to have um, in our life. Uh, there's times where, yes, we need to let the Spirit lead, always let Him lead um, in prayer. But there are times where we need to be intentional about it. Mm-hmm. Intentional about praying for the person who's lost. Intentional about mm-hmm. praying for the prodigal that's wandered away. Intentional about praying for change that will honor God. Intentional about praying that his will be done. And so the intentional prayer does need to be focused. It does need to be all those things. And in incorporating that into um, our vocabulary and our mindset is is extremely important. You know, I um, have a book that a lot of people, have you, you, a lot of you have probably read, The Jesus Calling. Mm-hmm. And I, I stayed away from it for the longest time because when I looked at the book, it was somebody interpreting God's words for me. Okay, so in other words, you know, with commentary, but basically she was taking the scripture and saying she was God, you know, not not really. But, you, you know, okay, I, I kind of had, I freaked out a little bit about it. Okay, but I'm good now because I bought the book and I read it. And one, this is just hilarious. This is so about me and everybody that knows me knows this. But um, I have a hard time. As soon as I open my eyes, I immediately, my task list starts in my brain. Okay, and I know I'm supposed to be praying. But I'm like on to what my task list is. So um, this one day, I decide, okay, I'm going to go right to Jesus Calling. I'm going to read the book before my task list starts, right? And I didn't. And so by lunchtime, I was feeling a little guilty. So I opened up Jesus Calling. And you will laugh hysterically. It was on February 10th. If anybody has it, you go ahead and open it up. But it basically said, and I don't have it in front of me, but I'm not going to get it verbatim. It basically said, if you spend your time with me, I will multiply your time so you can get things done. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> and so, again, that purposeful, that purposeful time that you spend, you're deliberately, conscientiously saying this. And in business, you have to be intentional because you have to say lord am i doing what you want me to do with this project with this time you know and there's three questions i want to put to you both but put out to everybody here and this is what i would challenge people to ask themselves every morning one does god want me to participate in this activity that's right yep that's and then right. pray about it. That's right. And and one other thing is we are all here with purpose. Purpose. We're all here with purpose. And is this thing connected specifically to the purpose for which you have put me in the earth? Exactly. Exactly. And, yeah. in, in, you know, in asking the activity, does this fit into the plan that God has for right. you? And you know, otherwise you're wasting time, really. Yeah, you really are. And you're on the wrong path, right? Right. You you took the wrong fork in the road. Mm -hmm. So the next one would be, how should I spend my time at work today? Hello, Facebook. (laughs) <laughs> and LinkedIn and, uh, yeah, Mike on the controls. He's giving me the look. Yep. Uh, he's trying to run the controls and do some tweets at the same time. So, you know, I'm just like, how do you spend your time at work today? You know, I could tell you, I struggle with that. And I'm an extremely disciplined person. I have to work out of my home. And if any of you all know, working out of your home, you have to be extremely disciplined, that's you know, right. to, instead of throwing the wash in the washing machine and dishes. So, you know, that's another question to ask. And then the last question I have is, how am I representing God at work today. Talk about God to God about that, right? Mm-hmm. right. Exactly. Um, you know, I talked about the advertising agency before. Mm-hmm. I spent quite a few years not living the way that I should have mm-hmm. there, and I wasn't yeah. honoring God. But when I made that turn, God 
God made changes. Yes, he does. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, ladies, I know you are so good at doing, uh, you know, teaching prayer, preaching prayer and 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 showcasing it, you know, being um, a witness to it. So I want to ask you, uh, how would you teach or preach how to pray? Matthew 6.10, you know, um, it's right there in the middle of the Lord's Prayer, and it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth that is is in heaven. And, you know, that needs to be the focus of the prayer, mm. not my will, not anything mm-hmm. else. God, what's your will? And let it come now. Let it be Let it be in this place. But what if you really, really want a deal to go through at work? I, I think God hears those prayers. I know he hears those <laughs> prayers, you know. Uh, but, but, you know... I, He cares about those details, but I care. My desire is that he have first place, Mm -hmm. not me, not my deals, but his deals. Okay. And when he has first place, you'd be surprised how well your deals come through. Like (laughs) he said to you, if you put him first, he's going to multiply the the uh, your list. You get more done. In less time. In the same time. amount of time. Or, right, yeah. or, or less time. Yeah, or less so. time. You get more done yeah. in less time. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think you mentioned this earlier, but as Jesus taught that model prayer, mm-hmm. the first thing he does there is acknowledge God. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who he is. Right. Our Father. He yeah. calls him Father. Yes. Who art in who heaven. Art in heaven. So he begins by acknowledging God, by adoring him, yes. by by just saying who God is. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's not that God is egotistic or anything. It's about us right. knowing him and knowing that he knows us and he wants to do things for us. You know, it's not like uh, people think, well, I'm not going to ask God for anything. Yeah. He wants us to ask him for things like exactly. a good father. Mark Batterson puts that well. He says the greatest tragedy in life is prayers that go unanswered because they go unasked. Yes. Absolutely. And if we're not asking God, how can how can we say that he answers prayer? Well, in the book of James talks about us mm-hmm. asking and then we will receive. It doesn't say what we're going to receive, but we will receive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to mention just for those of you out there that really don't know how to formulate a prayer you just feel awkward or you know it's difficult for you it's something i teach very simply to children and adults and uh, the ladies here are very familiar with it too and it's called the acts formation and that's the like the book of acts a c t s and the first one pat just really covered and that was adoration praising god for who he is recognizing mm-hmm. what he's done in your life and who he is and see his confession that's private confession between you and god and let me tell you he already knows what you did but he wants <laughs> to, you to talk to him about it you know it's for you it's not for him. It's for you to get rid of it. You know, get it. He's already over it, but he wants you to get rid of it. And then T is for Thanksgiving, thanking God for all he does for you. There's, I mean, just think about it. Business, personal, professional, all he does for you. Thank him. He wants to give you those car keys. So, you know, you just need to, you know, you just need to thank him for it. And then last is S is a kind of a big word. It's supplication, which just basically means praying for other people. So, you know, this is just kind of an outline of things to do. And there's so much more we could talk about. We could have a few different, you know, we're a few different sessions of this we could talk about. But there's so many different things you can pray for work. And, and we'll list that actually on um, our website and the Christian Chamber website. And you can go through and, and, and see the business prayers that you could pray for and, um we're going to wrap this up. We only have a couple more seconds. I want to thank you both for coming today and talking about this. And uh, 
you can contact either Donna Clute at New Life Solutions. They're in Largo. And then Pat Clark, uh, Dr. Pat Clark with Pat Clark Ministry. She's in St. Petersburg on 4th Street. And talk to them more about prayer. And I'm sure they'd be very open. And I wanted to thank you for joining us today on the I Work For Him show. Now, next week, Jim's going to be talking with Rich Bishop about his involvement with John Maxwell's leadership team and how we can be intentionally good leaders in the businesses. We want to thank today uh, our show sponsors, the Christian Chamber of Commerce Tampa Bay, Ross Harrop with C12 Tampa Bay, Luke Andrews Mortgage and Real Estate, Dan Gaier with Direct Hits Management, Gary Melanowski and Chick-fil-A Seminole, Eric Most with Most Insurance, 2B1 Ministries, Marriage Mentoring for All Couples, Jim Brangenberg and Platinum Information Services. Look for the links to their company websites. They're listed on the iWorkForHim.com site. And thank you today to my guests. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Pat, for being with us. It was a pleasure having you both on the show. Thanks to Mike Miracle for running the controls and keeping me on time. And you've been listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Laurie Hill, filling in for Jim Brangenberg. I am a Christ follower. I am a business owner. But ultimately, I work for him. That's not who-